Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We have some very special guests here with us today. Today, we're going to be discussing standing in our purpose. Um, I'm going to pass the mic to Eben Flo, and we're going to start introducing each poet. Eben Flo, the mic is yours. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to our show tonight. It's all about living in your purpose, and we're definitely doing that by being here and speaking our pieces into the mic tonight. So we're going to get started, jump into this poetry, and we're going to start with the man. Since we have Mr. Cash here tonight, he's a king that came to bless our mic, and we're going to formally introduce you to Westside Connection. So step into the mic and let us know what's going on with you. Um, good evening. My name is Casuel. Um, I'm 29 years old, and I'm just here to just be a part of this dialogue and to just see what I can get from it and what this experience can teach me. And hopefully, you know what I'm saying, I can teach some someone something, whether it's about life, it's about second chances, it's about whatever they get from this. Um, I feel blessed to be the man in the room, as she say. You mm -hmm. get me? And uh, I'm just looking forward to see what comes from this. You know, I'm um, I'm a poet. I'm a writer. I'm a uh, I'm an advocate. I'm a father. I'm so many things. I'm I'm just here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just here to to fulfill my purpose, as we will say. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for that introduction. And now, can you spit a piece for us, please? Um. Yeah, of course. I understand that the piece, since I'm starting it off, I got to be real mindful of the piece I spit so I could, because um, I know it's going to set the tone. But as always, um, vulnerability and harsh honesty is what guides me. So I'm just going to spit something quick and something that was really, um, that really came from a place of vulnerability. <clears throat> this piece I'm going to spit is called, actually, it don't even have a name. I didn't even name this one, but lately I've been falling in a pattern that I despise as darkness dries my poetic tendencies. Unperfected remedies reminds me constantly to let go and move on. I'm still here standing, trying to find some balance. I guess that's double-sided, single-minded boomerang effects affecting the laws of karma. Unlike law and order, televised dramas, repeating seasons, weather's not controlling. Whether I'm exposing pain or withholding, still deception is what I'm showing. Cinematic exposure, social media exposes all vulnerabilities through posts and tends to show contradicting needs. Unmet yet meeting briefly, soon the chase to control the uncontrolling begins, ending with falsified narratives. Perception is everything. Warning everything. Greed drives the intentions behind actions not aligning with priorities. Patience over time, while in a moment, will ensure longevity. Overnight success is rare, but its probability clouds reality with fantasy subconsciously chasing a living dream. Living beings and living creatures coexist. Man needs for more selfishly take from animal habitat because it can affect in the circle of life just to live in a moment. Progressive gains decreasing leads, lacking the need to stop and see different. Financial greed and tunnel vision. True wealth, in my opinion, is more than material possessions. True wealth, in my opinion, is when you're rich in family and rich in friendship. True wealth is when you're rich in peace of mind and righteous intentions. True wealth is when you're blessed with healthy organs and long-term life expectancy. Blessings in disguise are disguised when we see our blessings different. It's more to life than living in competition with our peers, with constant reminders of their fears to die broken alone. When you're in a position to uplift and show unity so all can grow as a community, communities don't even know their communities. Life shows things progress when together and dismantle when isolation breeds tribalistic tendencies, carrying a weight that succeeds in expectancy. Now that's pressure. Mm. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. That was beautiful, beautiful. What a way to get the energy so flowing. All right. Thank you. So you're most welcome. Thank you. All right. So we're going to take it up to Ali the Poet. Welcome to the mic. Thanks for being here. Hello. Um, so I guess for a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Ali. Um, tag Ali the Poet. Uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. I just moved out here to LA a 
couple months ago. And I just been chilling, I guess. Um yeah. <laughs> so uh I do have a poem that I actually just wrote maybe like a couple days ago. Um not as intense as my guy Cash, but good job, Cash, by the way. I really I really enjoyed it. Um but I guess I should just I'm gonna read it from my phone because I, I literally just wrote it. Um, it's entitled Sorry 2018. I want to apologize to the people and their feelings and the hurt lives and the terrible lives that wasn't me. The things that people say I did, I can't believe. You know, they say hurt people hurt people, but that's no excuse. I was living a rude ass life, no clue. And my mama raised me better than that, you know, Ruth. But I can't help but stop thinking that maybe it was genuine happiness that I really lacked. I don't know. I went through a terrible depression, but at the time, I swear to God, I saw happiness in my reflection. But it was hate. Me saying and doing selfish things, it was a terrible trait. I'm glad I changed, but I'm still working on me. But 2018... I'm really sorry. Such a beautiful piece. Thank you so much Beautiful, beautiful. All right. So we're going to come to you, Ishmael. Welcome to the mic. Thanks for being with us tonight. Yes. Blessings. Blessings to you, Evan Flo, Ms. Drea, Ms. Lynn, and the poets. Beautiful, beautiful poetry in the space. Thank you guys for this opportunity. I'm honored. Um, I am a mother, a polymath, a poet, a teacher, um, and I also am a very longtime musician. Um, and I've, I just, I've been doing music for 23 years since I was a child. I come from a family of musicians, so very proud of that. Um, and have studied um, extensively music theory, production, and engineering. Um, and I've, I've been for the last five or six years, basically. Um, making music, so making albums, making EPs, um, film scoring, um, and collaborating with other independent poets and musicians. So I would love to share with you guys, um, was share uh, your poetry and your music, and if you have those things, share with you guys because I have a platform that I also would like to support my fellow poets, musicians, artists. So dope to be here. Thank you. Okay, oh, peace time, right. Um, this piece is called Bodies. Um, all right. I know where the bodies are buried. I know where the blood and bone of my ancestors were carried to siphon and ferry the magic from them to their adversaries. I know where the death grip, the death of bliss of white intention shifts and slithers like a serpent salivating on the ease of tempted sins, scenes in a garden. I know the places where the blood sunk into soil laid the foundations of a people who toiled the greatest of nations, who refused to placate the hateful. I know what it is to be grateful, to refuse to be grateful for the distasteful, to refute degeneracy, breeding degenerates, committing deeds degenerately, and I refuse to be thankful for breaths between their savagery. I know where the bodies are buried. I know where the elder song was carried to gather a throng of legacy indigo children and deliver them to divine clarity, dividing their spirits from disparity sent to destroy them infinitely. I know where the blood and bones of ancestral beings seep deep and sprouted seeds that wreak havoc on the weeds of supremacies fallaciously marking their territories. I know where the bodies are buried, the hands and feet of scholars, of doctors, artists, of fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, elders, and children lie. I know what their vessels did so that their souls couldn't die. I know where they laid and daydreamed about the days where they'd be escaped from the cries of wanting freedom from their chains. I know the place, I know the face that buried them, the limbs of treachery that ripped dreams and beliefs feeding on the decadence of their innocence to steal means to destroy their hopefulness. I know where the bodies are buried. I know where the blood and bone of my ancestors were carried to siphon and ferry the magic from them to their adversaries, where the strange fruits of poplar trees swung to meet the reaper's dew, consecrating the hues of melanated blues, purples, and creams. I know where the bodies are buried because that's where they tried to bury me. 
Wow, that was really Thank beautiful. You so Thank you so much. All right, Miss Dress, I'll pass the mic to you. Okay, we coming in hot, poets. Thank you guys so much for those pieces. Now we're going to get into our topic. We're going to start with Lynn. What does standing in your purpose mean to you? Please define that for us. I would have to say that standing in one's purpose is being confident and clear on what you were called and assigned to do in this earth realm. Even when you face adversity and challenges, you may buckle, you may bend, but you won't break because purpose substantiates you and it keeps you no matter what. And when I think of purpose, I think of a purpose-driven life. What is that thing that drives you? What is the thing? What is the main thing that you are so sure of that no matter what comes your way, what people say, that you are still assured of who you are and whose you are and what you were divinely put here on earth to do? So for me, I feel that my purpose drives me towards those things that I'm passionate about. What am I passionate about? Things that I will literally do for free. What I will do for free is always servicing people, always assisting people, always aiding people and trying to find some sort of resolve. And I believe that when path it, I mean purpose and passion collides, that it will catapult you to where profit, the realm of profit is. P-R-O-F-I-T. That's what comes to mind for me. When those three things are integrated, it assists you, even when you're getting discouraged about what you know you were put on here, this earth to do, that you're still standing firm and you're not deviating from what you believe you've been assigned to do. I believe that everything that you all are doing here tonight, Drea keeps telling me that I'm a poet. But there is something about you true poets that's on this line. There's like the words that are coming out of your mouth is so meaningful and it's healing. It's literally healing to the soul. And I know and I hope that each of you find purpose in what you're doing because it's not just for yourselves, but it's healing to us as well. So for me, again, I just believe that purpose and passion creates profit. And that, for me, keeps me standing strong to know that regardless as to, again, what I'm going through, that the outcome is going to always look greater than what the obstacles and the adversities and challenges are. Yes. Did you hear her spit those bars? How about she not a poet? That was no bars. Those were no that bars. Was that was Jesus. The three P. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you find out about me? I normally alliterate. I use words as talking points that start with the same letter and it mm -hmm. helps me to stay on track and it helps me to tie, tie my thought process in. Well, that is so when, I'm, when I'm thinking when, when Drea was coming to me I, uh, and letting me know what the topic was going to be tonight, I just thought of those other things that's tied to purpose and what fuels me to stand in purpose, that which is my passion that drives me which yeah. I eventually know those two things, like I said, once they collide, it has no choice but to yield profit. Definitely. So I'll be getting paid and I'll be, you know, having some type of revenue at some point from the books, the seminars, the whatever. And I'm sure that all of you can say the same. You see your future being brighter than what it is. Yeah. Not to say it's not bright, but you see it being brighter. Yeah. Encouragement. So can I add poet to the resume, please? Add poet yeah. to the resume. <laughs> you, you spit a couple bars. So. That was not okay. Yeah, I, 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 bars. I'll Coming to the light, Miss Lynn. You are a poet. Thank you. Same you so question for you, Cash. What does standing in your purpose mean to you? Define that in your words. 
uh, <clears throat> sustaining your purpose to me to me means um, I believe I believe although everybody is different you get what I'm saying we're all individuals and everybody is different in the way they may present themselves and the way they may think we all have commonalities that make us all you know what I'm saying the same in some way we all get hungry we all have emotions we're all you know we all we all have some sense of of commonality so I say that to say is that we're all connected you know and I was thinking about this not too long ago like damn like I feel like my purpose is this or somebody's purpose may be this like sometimes in my opinion your purpose may not even be for you you get what I'm saying like you may affect someone so much you know what I'm saying your purpose may be to help somebody else be better or bring somebody out of a slumber or help somebody with addiction or help somebody with something by you just being yourself you know but for one's own purpose like like myself i personally feel i'm good with my words you know what i'm saying i'm good with my words so my purpose may be to help people maybe to help people with verbalizing things that they can see well things that they can't see that i see in them you know what i'm saying and helping bring that to the light um standing in your purpose is understanding yourself understanding your talents understanding like she said what drives you what drives you in a direction that brings you joy that you can do every day whether you're paid or you're not paid um i feel I feel I could go on all day with it, you know what I'm saying? Just, but honestly, I just feel that standing in your purpose is understanding, understanding. Let me take that back. I feel purpose has, has to do with spirituality, whether you're religious, whether you believe in a higher power, you know, understanding what tugs your spirit, you know, and move towards that, whether whether it's popular, whether you ostracized or not, you know, and that's just my opinion. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes, I agree 100%. Definitely. Yeah, same question, Ishmael. What does standing in your purpose mean to you and define it in your own words? Mm. Um, I think standing in your purpose is finding your power. Um, it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are into comics or superheroes, but I'm into that stuff. And I like to use this analogy a lot of the times. You know, everybody's, everybody's super in the comic book world. Everybody has a talent or a gift or a superpower. But everybody's superpower or talent or gift is different. And, and that is what connects you to your individual purpose. And when you figure out whatever your gift is and figure out how to use it and how to utilize it, you find power in that because you can use that something that created that is about the fiber of who you are to help other people. And that's, that's like one of the purest forms of love. It's one of the purest forms of practicing humanitarianism, practicing um, preservation for self, but for everyone around you that you love um, and making the world better. So I think purpose is power um, and passion, like Miss Lynn said. Um, and, um, and having an understanding of why, what is my gift? How do I use it? And being confident and being dignified um, and being and walking in that fully to contribute to, to the world. Thank you so much for that. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, Ali, it's on you. Same question. What does standing in your purpose mean, defining in your own words? So uh, when the question comes to my head, uh, I get a lot of different answers. Um, part of me wants to answer you and say, purpose is, a, one, one quote that I live by, you have to be willing at any moment to sacrifice who you are for what you will become. Um, and that really just means like, if you're passionate about something and Let's say me right now, like I am an AT&T rep, but I'm passionate about photography. I'm passionate about videography. At any moment, 
like <laughs> like Dre, like how you walk into this into the store and we had a conversation and then boom, I'm on your show, right? At any moment, who knows? Like Wesley Snipes or somebody could walk into the store and I'm conversing with him and then boom, I have to then transform myself as from an AT&T rep to, I don't know, a production assistant. But that's my passion. So I'm going to have those certain conversations with people to help me to continue to drive towards what it is that I want to do. That's part of my answer. The other part of my answer is like um, a couple weeks ago, I went to church and uh, the lady that was speaking, she, she said, you know, everybody knows the love is patient, love is kind Bible verse. And she was like, but replace your name with it. So if I replace my name is with Ali is patient, Ali is kind, Ali does not envy, Ali does not boast. If I replace my name with that, I had to ask myself, what, am I, what I'm passionate about, the videography, being a, a producer, all this good stuff, am I showing love with that? Am I being kind to those people that I'm working with? Am I envious of people like Ava DuVernay, Wesley Snipes, Tyler Perry, am I envious of those people? Do I boast about things like that or am I humble with it? Those are my two answers. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm going to pass the mic back to Ebb and Flow. Wow, beautiful answers. Just, I'm moved. I'm so moved. So we're going to take it back around for another round of poetry. And we're going to go to you, Cash. You ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Oh. Um, my bad, my bad. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to find something. Um, I'm surrounded by observers, family, friends, and close peers. Mismanaging my habits, habitually contradicting everything I preach. Learn and teach. Extend my reach with every experience, share with others, stand mindful how others experience me. Attaching narratives to my emotions, feeling something unfamiliar. Familiarizing those feelings by adding emotional events I can't fully remember, just the impression it leaves. Easily impressionable. First impressions of calculated spectacles. Invisible spectators hiding in plain sight triggers my fear of the unseen. Never oblivious to a liability overexposure of my movements itches me closer to the bottom of the food chain, tipping my life scales to favor prey. Jesus saves, I'm living proof. Found prey, come from humble roots. Feelings change, watch me grow and change. I shouldn't have blinked just that fast we all grew each other's growing pains. Masking pain, exposing wounds, old and new, exchanging traumas, rose petals disguising the thorns, poking nose we feel it's getting too close. We transcend it to a higher level of understanding one another. The laws of attraction and magnetic pull towards one another brought us hand in hand. Is it safe to say we're more than friends? A safe haven, your open hands. Say what? Come again? Feelings came and went. Why must I hold on? Why must I let go of my inhibitions, inner voices, conflicted spirits? A lot of baggage. I'm always tripping. And that's that. Thank you. All right. Come on, Cash. I love that piece. Love you. It. Thank you so much. All right, we're gonna bring it back to you, Ali the poet. Bless our mic again, please. Okay. Uh this this one is uh it's a favorite on on my college campus. Um I might have to look at my phone a little bit. I think I know about heart. I'm gonna try. But it's called fuck. <clears throat> fuck. Fuck you, fuck us, fuck everything we ever had. When you became a man, you started acting like a boy. Got letters on your chest, but you ain't no hero. You just another ain't shit ass Negro. Running away from how you really feel and what you really think, you care more about them and less about us. I know it was ended based off a of lack of trust, but trust me when I say I never thought I'd see the day where you treated me so bad. Ooh, you made me mad, you made me sad, and I don't even fucking cry. But that night, that night, I was about to die, and you left me for dead. 
after all those nights of laying in your bed and getting in your head, having grown-ass people discussions, you finally said, fuck me. But it wasn't even verbal. And I think that's what hurt the most. Your actions proved your thoughts. They say a drunk man never tells no tale. Yes, our relationship was an epic fail, a tragedy. Now I'm stuck, not even in one piece. I'm in pieces. Can't get back together. Glue won't even fix it. I got to fix this shit. But when I say, fuck you, my nigga, (laughs) I mean it. That's that piece. Thank That's you. That's that piece. Yes, we all ha- we all have felt that. It's, don't clap. Don't snap. It's my L. Yes, we have all definitely felt that way. Yes, I'm through. Yes. No disrespect to you, Cash, but you know how it be. You know how it be sometimes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much again for that piece, and we're gonna bring it to you, Ismael. All right, Um, this piece is called Warplane. It's one of my favorites to do. Uh, In order for us to write poetry that isn't political, we must listen to the birds. And in order to hear the birds, the warplanes must be silent. Yet it seems no matter what we beseech, the reaper still seeks to keep stealing the souls of Elohim's dreams and only the blackest of screams seem silenced. Wait, what was that shit you said? You thought she was quiet? The warplanes ain't the reason it seems the sky and sea sound minus the, the poison it seeps, disease deeds breeds deepest compliance. Fuck the silence. I wage war, scorch the clouds, pulling them down to send death upon pilots. Who's trying to silence me? I woke up to find peace. But had to meet it with violence. The warplanes ain't got shit on black screams and ain't no sugar and cream that's a, that could numb the bitterness of tyrants. Ain't no serene scheme that could mask the legacies of the crimes which saturate the fiends and the fiends fiend. Dying casualties, beings returning from Babylon, purged in the friendliest of fires, burning on the pyre of unreached dreams and unclean desires made clean to free the souls, chained to bodies that bleed from bleak means, ascended to peak ire, ancestral fury that seeks need to bleed creeds of poison. What was that shit you said? You thought she was quiet? Tell me if the warplanes are silent, who will be left to hear our screams? Does that mean that we are to settle for screaming in silence? Isn't that its own form of violence? How can we write poetry that seeps if we are accepting of blindness? Where is the honor and plight's purpose filled purposely misquieted? How can we poets still when poets motion in rhyme shifts, poetry climb lifts, deliver the blind decided dripping in righteousness? Why the fuck must the warplanes be silenced? When the bloodshed runs free, seething rhythm, poetry, and violence, a cosmic kamikaze of dire shit, rotting the silence, wreaking the seeds of freedom's feet steep that only the dead could sleep without finding it. So why the fuck must the warplanes be silent? Why must we keep our cries quiet? Do the crows still not sing absent of deafening silence? Do the children of bone still not bleed droplets of forgotten innocence sired by magic while those who bask in our silence siphon and thrive off of what's shameful and tragic? How can the warplanes be silent if they still wage a malevolent tactics, invoking the antics of a god's wrath? Doses of it flow, but never fully it passes, raining hellfire, ripping the soul from what's after life, never the same, yet death couldn't come faster. So I'm asking just for an answer and some kind of affirmation or clarification, because in order for us to write poetry that isn't political, mm. we must listen to the birds. And in order to hear the birds, the warplanes must be silent. But if the warplanes are silent, who will be left to hear our screams? Fuck. Come on. Go in, Ismail. Go in. Yes. Dope, dope, dope. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Miss Drea. So we're going to throw the mic back your way. You got another question for us? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So we're continuing the conversation. So how did you get to the realization that this was your purpose? So for for me, I've had so many jobs in my life, but I always knew that I was a service person, right? So everything I, every job I've had has been of service. So I was a preschool teacher. I was a nurse. I was a bus driver. I'm a chef. 
a poet. Um, I'm a case manager now in my real job, you know. So I just try to be of service to the people, and I'm always like, you know, the giver, making sure everybody's okay and comfort um, people when they're in need. Um, I had this discussion with a few of my friends, though, about you know certain things and knowing when and how to give individuals or a group of people grace mm -hmm. right so my question is going to start with you lynn mm -hmm. um who and when do you extend grace or not and i know that's a difficult for you because you're so nice and you think everybody <laughs> should get the grace and stuff like that so, but that's the I way <laughs> <laughs> so Drea and I talk very often and, and very deep about this conversation. And yes, I do extend, for me, I extend um, a lot of grace, uh, more than people deserve. But I'm a very spiritual person. I do believe in life's balances, you know, being spiritual, but still enjoying myself in the natural realm of things that life has to offer. But I try to align myself, not being perfect, but I try to align myself with what God's characteristics, characteristics are like. And he's a God of grace and his grace is sufficient. That means it's plentiful. It's, it, it stretches beyond what the human mind could ever imagine. And because it's his grace and mercies that are extended to me, grace is what I've prayed for through the years. And I wasn't always there where I'm at now, but it was me needing to have grace shown toward me to where I fully understood how I had to give that back to other people and how God's grace has covered me in my foolishness, in my mistakes, in my fumbles in life. I was like, look, with me working with the public, with me working in ministry and people that are, that are in distressful situations, we're all wired so differently. And so um, I just have really prayed. It's, it's a, I believe it's a gift, to be honest with you, because again, there are a lot of people that are great people, but they just don't have the capacity or the tolerance to keep pardoning people when you feel that they should be in a different space or that, you know, once they are aware that they, you know, have offended or have done things wrong, that they would bring some type of corrective measure or behavior behind it, but they continue to do it. Um, I do believe that there is still a way that we can forgive people and we can extend grace, but that doesn't mean that we always have to still keep pulling them in. You can still love people and give them grace from a distance. I don't think that you have to keep let's just say it's an abuser or it's someone that's doing something that is completely inappropriate or that's jeopardizing your safety or jeopardizing your well-being or your livelihood or something like that. I believe that, yes, we are to walk in forgiveness and we are to extend grace, not only from a spiritual perspective, but also from a human perspective. There's God's grace and there's human, human grace that we're supposed to utilize while we're here on earth. But at the same time, we don't have to allow people to abuse us in those spaces. And again, some of us have a little bit more grace than others. That doesn't mean that I'm better than the next person because there's things and giftings that you have that you have the capacity to deal. When I say you, I'm generalizing it for all that are on this platform as well as listening or viewing, but there are things that you may have a little bit more grace for or a little bit more extended mercy toward people than I do. So again, you know, I think it's just a matter of the individual and I think it's the matter of the offense and how severe the behaviors or the situations are. Do you continue to allow somebody to keep coming into your home and you know that they stole your money or you know that they're doing things that are violating your space and violating you? No, you don't have to keep allowing that person to keep coming in and reoffending, but there still should be a level of forgiveness to when you say, you know what? I'm cool, I'm good, I'm praying for you, but you can't come in my house no more. That's not being mean. That's just setting boundaries. And that's just, you know, moving in that vein of grace. 
forgiving, maybe allowing them one more time. Not saying that they robbing you blind, not that one. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you have to be the judge of that. But it just depends on the individual and it just depends on what it is. But there should always be some type of grace and you have to be the one that um, determines when enough is enough. Thank you so I hope much I answered that. that yes, and right, I surround myself with beautiful, intelligent women, right? And we just talk about these different things. Um, so same question to you, Cash. Your mic is muted. Did I do that? Um, I believe that that everybody may not have the same sense of understanding as you do, or the same level of maturity, you know? So um, I've been dealing with that a lot recently. You know, I've been dealing with, uh, with people who I love, you know, who've been, who I feel haven't been reciprocating the same energy of benevolence that I've been dishing out. You know what I'm saying? I've been getting so many words, I've been getting fucked over. Excuse my language. You know, but I also understand too that, like you said, it's just about setting boundaries. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a line that should be set, that should be placed down, that shouldn't be crossed. You know, and when that line do be crossed, if that line is crossed, then one should know, one should know how to go about it. You know, sometimes I hear it a lot nowadays. Oh, um, cut them off. I'm quick to cut somebody off, you know, but sometimes, sometimes cutting somebody off, yeah, it may be good for you, but you never know, you, you never know how that person may need you, you know, like if you're dealing with somebody, if you're dealing with somebody who's battling addiction, you know, and they may steal from you or they may, they may lash out at you and say things, but, but when you look at it from, from a third person perspective, that person is probably hurting and they and they reaching out to you, you know what I'm saying? Now I won't continue to let you in my space to give you that opportunity to keep taking from me, but I will be here for you, you know. Um, and I may not I may not have expound on the question that much, but I think that's just my opinion. No, no, good answer. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Cash. Mm -hmm. Same question, Allie. Um. Yes. So, this to me, uh, I really, <laughs> I really feel like uh, Miss Lynn definitely kind of took my answer a little bit. Uh, but to me, it's it's all about um, God gives us grace, and we are made in the likeness and image of His Son Jesus. So, if Jesus is giving us grace, we must then give other people grace. And that's not to say like. I don't want to get on here and like put up a facade like, oh yeah, I'm giving everybody grace because I'm from Atlanta. Absolutely not. <laughs> but in the same breath, um, we have to practice patience and we have to practice understanding and we have to practice forgiveness in order to reach that level of giving out grace on a daily basis to people. Because if someone does you wrong, you know, you just want to, Okay, I'm done with you. I'm good. Keep it moving. Um, and you know the the saying is always about the saying is always um, forgiveness is not for you, but it's for the other person. Well, so is grace. You're giving grace to that person because you want to technically kill them with kindness. Okay, you hurt me. I'm not going to badmouth you. I'm not going to put anything on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, negative about you because at the end of the day, you're still my brother. You're still my sister. I have, I have to love you. I have, I have to show that compassion. Okay. Um, like Cash said, like you, you never know what someone is battling. So you just have to have that understanding, that forgiveness, compassion in order to reach that grace and that forgiveness towards somebody. I, I think that answers your question. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Same question, Ishmael. 
Yeah, I mean, I concur with what everyone has said. I think I think kindness is free. To give it is is free. To get it is free. Um, I think it's it, it it can save lives, and 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 grace and and kindness are intersectional, and so you know, um, I've seen and I've heard stories about people, or maybe we all have seen and heard stories about people who have said things like, if I just had been kind in that moment or in that space. Um, and that's something that I, like you, uh, Brother Cash, are I'm still navigating. I'm not perfect and I'm still navigating that and recognizing when um, I need to be accountable um, in, in times and days when I fall short from what, what the expectation should be. Um, but I do think that grace is discipline also. It's knowing when to say, um, reacting to being triggered or reacting to being traumatized um, negatively adds. And so the the way that I can grow and transmute and spread that energy around is to practice discipline and be kind um, and give people space and grace, even when it doesn't, even when you want to snap a little bit. <laughs> um, and so I think it's important. I think if we practice more of that, that and understanding that the value of each of us is immeasurable and therefore necessary because there's only one of us. And each person is a cog in the machine that makes it work, that makes it function, that makes it what it is. Um, and so uh, recognizing uh, when to be kind um, and why it is important to be kind, even in moments of frustration, I would say is one of the most ultimate forms of grace that we can give. So, thank you so much for that, Ishmael. And I'm going to pass the mic back to Miss Evan Flo. Yes, grace, grace, grace. So, those answers were really beautiful. I agree with all of you. I feel like grace is given upon discretion, and you know we have to have the boundaries to know when enough is enough. But we also have to have discernment so that we can know who and what needs what type of grace, and to always remember that the same grace that we extend, we may need ourselves. So always stay vigilant to you know the way that you love and the grace that you give. Don't let people run over you or violate your boundaries stand firm in those but with a gentleness right and with a love that is um unconditional because just like i said previously we all need grace in return so it's really really important for us to extend grace to people who may not even know that they need it or may not even be aware of you know the grace that you are giving them and the fact that you are trying your damnness with everything in you to give them the grace or the love that they may need in the moment because again they may be battling with addiction or going through their own things and they don't know so yes, Grace, that was a beautiful question. Thanks for asking us that question. That is to tap into our hearts tonight. And so we'll go back around with some more poetry. So I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna take it to you, Ismael, and bless our mic again with some fire fire. <laughs> okay, all right. This is one of my favorite poems to, to do. Um, it's called Concepts. It's a little lengthy, uh, so forgive me in advance but it is a poem that I wrote for Philando Castile. And actually it was a tribute poem to Philando Castile for Black Poets Speak Out. And then I have added to the poem since then to honor George Floyd, who were both men of the same city I grew up in, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So this is the piece. Um, right. There are places I dare not walk. The cement blood soaked with dead black men lost amongst the debts of white intentions. Concepts, clocks tick-tocking and blocks hit by glocks, little kids missed by spots, little minds locked in thoughts of how to be grown men, acclamation begins. Think about the concept of what they're living in. Think about the shame plaguing them, generational sins and time spent rationalizing the dependence of ignorance. Concepts like head shot, like chest shot, like heart shot, blues, like reds, like red lights, blood red spilling out from inside of you. Black man down while white clowns shout loud, get on the ground, hands up, head down from roots to crown, all because of his blackness, skin brown. Concepts, 
Watch steps, watch hips, watch fingertips on their clips, watch hands pistol whip, black man's lips sought aggravated intent on savage made ballistic business to destroy us infinite concepts. Once upon a time, we walked a line of black, bold, beautiful selves. Walking proudly, instead of frowns on mouths, we smiled, stood ground, walked amongst the world with crowns, prospered in our existence, rightful first editions of people born, and now they say we're torn, scorned in tragic capacities, adorned with blatant fallacies of our people's norms, day-walking casualties, waiting to lie down, fading away like distant scenes with no hesitation of our shades and colors of crimsons, caramels, purple blues, and green. Concepts, like walking a path and passing on what they suggest, like driving while black, getting shot, maimed, and dying in traffic, like walking the streets with targets on your back while they spew hate about how you're just another violent black man down. Concepts, materialistic manipulative crimes forged by lies, torn, lifeless, priceless details from black females, just watching our sons die, just watching the sky cry. Just watching our people fly home too soon for no purpose of their own. Concepts, womanhood masked in chaos, matched with claims lost, misunderstood, pain cost, exist not, twisting our frame thought, missing the same cause of why we can't fuck these concepts, take refugees back through open seas, torn homelands, constantly caught between programs of individual minds collapsed in romance to conformities in our communities on TV screens, they're peddling their schemes, sealed fate, killers running rampant, irate, Black men shackled in chains, black people still trying to exchange the slave trade for freedom's sake like a sinner's race to find those pearly gates, just trying to find any way to maintain course on freedom bound trains. Instead, they're chained to lives lost, t-shirt, bloody hoodies, blood stains, cries caught between the sounds of gunshots. This isn't a claim, this isn't a game, this isn't the same kind of world you walk inside to find if you are white. No, my blackness includes seclusion. While they live in delusions of who should die because of what record lies on paper. Another black man down, using the excuse he was quick to disobey cops with justified anger. Concepts. This is what we live in. Fear perpetuating translucent ends to our demise where we're helplessly trying to find the past to next sunrise. Concepts. Yes. And that, that was that, that was my favorite piece that you said as well. That was beautiful. Thank you yeah. so much, Ismael. I'm glad I threw it for a loop and brought, brought, brought it back to you. Beautiful. All right, now, Ali the Poet, come on up and bless the mic again, please. It's crazy because I was going to do a poem about... Um, so I actually wrote this poem, like, in 2014 after mm -hmm. I watched uh, Fruitvale Station. I'll never watch that movie again. But <laughs> yeah, so um it doesn't have a title. Might as well pull the trigger since I seem like another trouble. <laughs> since I'm walking down the street with my pants hanging low, listening to Tupac on my third generation iPhone. Oh, Mr. Officer, since I didn't look your way, you thought that I was guilty. I did look at you, but the look that you gave me was filthy. So I decided to move along since I'm walking alone and I don't want any trouble. I just came from the store, the receipts in my pocket. You said you didn't believe me. I tried to pull it out, but you told me to drop it and put my hands above my head. Oh, Mr. Officer, please. I'm just trying to go home and get to bed. I have a job interview in the morning and I really hope I get this job. My mama works night shifts, so times are kind of hard. I just graduated from college top of my class but all you really care about is killing my ass all white cops are not bad is what the news tries to scream well just because he's a thug doesn't mean he's a black team but there's a black team who lets the world know that they can't breathe and they're tired of yelling out r.i.p so true so true all right, thank you so much. And we're gonna bring it to you, Cash. Bless us again. Um, this is actually one of my favorites too. Uh, I ain't recited it in so long. A lot of these is really just my old ones. I had some new ones I really wanted to say, but uh, laying my notes and I couldn't really get to them. But uh, let me see. Hopefully, hopefully I don't mess it up. <laughs> it's called incentives. Rarely do I mention my incentives, which makes me apathetically apprehensive, conflicting my concealed intentions. 
while attempting to radicalize my values, label me a radical because I value those demonstrating resistance against all forms of oppression. How can I not pay attention? Financial stipulations are non-existent. Materialistic women, in my opinion, are metaphorical reflections of a distorted reflection being reflected through a puddle of liquid. That shallow as a grave, minimizing the pain, self-consciously suppressing an anatomy within myself, which I kept away. Inadequate methods of prescriptions equivalent to restless individuals circumventing loopholes which political fascists capitalize off narratives falsely imposed. For them to win and me to lose, my shifting moods comes in shifts of tools, making it a working theory. Damn, see, this is where I'm making it a working theory. Uh, demonizing those not able to compartmentalize things clearly. Excuse my bad. <laughs> my bad. Hold on. Let me get it back. Take your time. It's all good. It's uncomfortable. I'm in a position where I've been shifted through each experience. Feeling pains, prescriptions can't equate despite the quality of sedatives. As my mind, body, and spirit was aligning, breaking broken promises, commitments with good intentions, sometimes actions and motives don't align. Allegedly a better person, first impressions won't define. My Smith and Wesson revolver, revolving cycle, simplistic choices getting picked, cherry picking from side to side. Mary Magdalene, mother of God's kids, kitchen, fish, and tilapia dinners, fixed with less ingredients, beloved in every bite. Chewing more than one can bite, Dust storm swarm swimming in the sea of pride. I'm drowning in emotions, oceans, opposite currents, pulling a tug of war of mine. Oil mines digging deep, striking gold beneath the soul. So for cheap, does every man really have a price? Prison priors labeling, defying authority figures, reading records, jumping to conclusions, host or hopping, approaching my vehicle with instructions of how to exit hands visible at all times. Front and rear passengers can't object or ask why. Questions with indefinite answers, harassment of bias, prejudice, bigot, segregationists, and white privileged artists drawing lines. Thank you. That's that. Thank you for coming through, Cash. Really enjoyed that poem. That was beautiful. Thank you for having me. Honestly. Most definitely. Welcome back anytime, anytime. All right, Ms. Jerry, we're going to pass it to you. Okay, we're going to go back around to Ishmael. Bless our mic again. All right, all right. Blessings. Don't run them up. Feet front. Eyes on feet. Negative three fucks. About the enemies tucked because you thought that maybe they could dead the heat of loneliness. Retreat duck. You've been sleep stuck inside the sweet naive clutch of thinking you could bury it. What you thought this was? Could you still carry it? Deceit lust. Rotting the free mind, leaving it battered from wounds of old, deplete rust, waiting to see just one more time if they would care about your freedoms. I'm trying to see some. How you gonna bleed for weakness, give meekness to cheapest feats, deceits, disease run, runs, defeats love, that's freaked them. You thought they might care about you? Thought you couldn't be used to sleep from the deep homes of their abuse? Now you flustered. Feet beneath the withered heap, save yourself, retreat, run, and sheep from what pollutes. Complete trust for oneself before the devil's deceit, deepest deeds deplete dust from wounds, festered and pestered mm. and compute and transmute. Dope. Yeah. Come through. Okay, we're gonna pass the mic back to Ali. Ali, bless our mic again. Mother Mary got mad at me because I stopped calling her son. We used to talk every day, but I think our relationship is done, but I really want to strengthen it, make it better than it ever was before. But if I ever knock, I'm afraid he probably won't answer the door. Mother Mary got mad at me because I became hesitant to, to what her son had to say. So I began to do the opposite day by day. But I really want to do better. I want to listen to his thoughts. We connected spiritually. The ending was truly my fault. Mother Mary got mad at me because I cheated on her son. I started ignoring him, and I was too ignorant to realize it wasn't fun. It was stupid. But the worldly adventures, they were too quick. And I got tired of 
waiting to see what he wanted for me. So I started to emulate everything that I saw on TV. And you can tell it from my poetry, but it just wasn't me. So Mother Mary, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for that piece. Gonna pass the mic. No way. Pass the mic back to Cash. Cash, bless our mic again. Is it unmuted? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. My bad. Um, I can't help but to feel as if people judging me. I like guilty verdicts from a jury. And all vertical premature consensus is just people jumping to conclusions. Misreading my body language, not bilingual or just bipolar, emotional reasoners, polarizing my portrait, painted from negative preconceived notions. I'm only human and the furthest thing from perfect. Nobody's perfect. Speaking for myself, speaking with a purpose. Poorly disguised serpents perpetuates my focus while losing focus. My self-inflicted. Selfish dealings keep regression pending. Felt but rarely feeling how emotions interject my sense of direction. Rather direct issues as an individual, my inner vision of self. Rather my selfish values keep me in tune. Transgression surfing like Southern California beaches. Suntans and Sunday services serving vanilla extracted treatments. Treating the unbandaged wounds unseen to those whose visual disabilities lack the proper gaze of seeing beneath the flesh. I look to see the secrets written on the heart and soul. My heart is froze. My blood is like ice. I'm bleeding snow. My flesh is pale as an albino pigment skin. I'm a nocturnal being. Only sun I see is when my night ends and I watch the sun rise in unison with me going in. I'm closer to the unknown as I move further from where I began. My motions and phases go hand to hand like a high school relationship showing others the interlocking the fingers in public but it solidifies now verbally. I'm verbalizing my commitments to you as an individual as my expenses expand. We vibe on a symmetrical wavelength, expanding in width. Your width and height is a geometrical form that shapes a three-dimensional version of you. Verbal diversions vocalize my tone when shame is the emotion attached to my burdens of truth. I'm a version in terms of diversifying the urges I'll settle with you. Never, never settle in monogamy. I take pride in vocalizing my anomalies, which keeps me connected to my animal roots. Living in a realm of eating animals, yet caught outside my element, I'm seen as animal food. That goes to show that the laws of karma are the only laws I hold true in respect. And retrospective badges that label men and forces of law, I'm a man in physical form, frontline in spiritual wars, as Satan lures me closer with worldly monopolies. My zodiac embodies a stargazing astrology, Large social media followers socially empower me as I psychologically shift between pessimistic and optimistic. Home is pending, like bad receptions, buffering from unpaid data restrictions. Like my bad, that was kind of long. My apologies. It's okay. This is this is what we're here for. This is poetry. Right. No apologies needed. All right, pass the mic back to you, Ebb and Flow. All right. Well, it's been a beautiful, beautiful night of poetry tonight. I'm surprised my house is still standing. All this fire in here tonight. But I'll go ahead and spit a piece. And this piece is called Dearest Home of the Brave. Dearest home of the brave and land of the unfree, you captured me when I was free. My family tree looks like me, but holds your last name a constant remembrance of the pain. Can you tell me what my language was or what tribe that I came from? Who was I before my journey to the Americas? I stood in the door to nowhere, never returning to this place. You stole me away, then called me a disgrace. To my dismay, my skin color has always gotten in the way. I used to pray out in open fields. Then you forced me into churches, praising white Jesus and me like Mary Magdalene. If I could just see his face, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, wash clean I would be, but still black. Can't nothing wash off that. They told me that my home is where my heart is, but I don't know where to start looking. Do you? 
I can't see my face on TV unless I'm being shot down by you. In history, your only depiction of me is of a clown in the circus of slavery, America laughing and mocking me. Now tell me how that goes, that you criticize me for my wide nose, my round bottom and dark skin hues. But now when I look at you, all I see is me skin tanned and bottom grotesquely round. You went shopping deep down in my poverty, gathered up every garment you can see, then sold it back to me. And the price wasn't cheap. I think you call it Gucci. Proof to me that my black is beauty and that you sit in my shine and soak up my glow. Study everything I know, then box it up and sell it back to me with a bow. It's clear to see that I'm worth my weight in gold. Dearest home of the brave, brave, brave is me. Land of the unfree, unfree, unfree is we. You gentrified my city to exalt your unholy name. Tore down your projects. I suspect you found what you were looking for. After you ripped my fathers from my arms and gave my mother food stamps displaced my people, turned all my streets into bike lanes when we ain't even safe enough to walk, man. Locked up all my youth just to prove that this America was made just for you. You took the decent food out of my baby schools. Now they starve all day. Instead of fruits and berries, you gave them celery and cottage cheese and blamed it on the black queen. Told me Michelle Obama did it to me. I can't wear my natural hair in your workplace. I can't wear my black hoodie. You'll shoot me and call it self-defense. Now, ain't that some bullshit? Call we a savage when you are the barbarians. My people taught you everything you know, built your White House, nursed your babies, cooked your food, taught you all about the cosmos, mathematics, and science too. Still, you treat me like an ignorant fool. Oh, dearest America, when will I be free? to roam in a world built up from the ground by me. I birthed this nation. I planted every tree. I worked in your fields for free. America, please pay me what you owe me. I'm still waiting on my reparations, please. And, and prejudice to cease, sign the indigenous black queen. And that's that piece. Come through, ebb and flow. All right. Well, thank you guys for the love and for listening to my poetry. Ms. Dre, you want to spit a piece? Yeah, I was going to do this new piece I wrote. But I All think right. I we'll do that new piece you got, Queen. No, I'm going to do the one that you like that, you know, okay. I'm going to do us. All right. Let's go with the flow of today's show. We can save my new piece for another day. <laughs> this piece is titled Us. They abandoned us, banded us, abused us, owned us, used us, turned us, separated us, mistreated us. In my lifetime, I have never been mistreated, disrespected, turned on, abused, used, cursed, put down, led astray by no one other than my own race. I never knew what it, the hate felt like, betrayal, the envy, the jealousy, the disregard, the lies, the backstabbing, the mistrust, the misleading, and it all came from us. I was taught that they were the bad ones. They were the racist ones. They were the ones that were disregarding me, put me down, lie on me, backstabbed me, betrayed me. I'm not saying that there aren't some racists out there that don't like me, but I've never been in a situation where I had to face fears in front of them. It's always been us. The nightmares walking, the psychopaths talking, the predators, the rapists, the child molesters, my mother, my father, my sister, my coworkers, us. My own race where the people that looked like me turned on me, disregarded me, raped me, beat me, betrayed me, lied on me, gave up on me. But never have I ever given up on us. I still love us, fight for us, stamp up for us. I am the just one among us that's gonna go to change the stigma about us. All it takes is just one of us to change how we think, how we feel about us, how we love us how we connect with us, how we treat us, how we care for us, how we are there for us, how we show up for us, how we build with us, how we value us, how we are loyal to us. It's time for us to change us, control the narrative, change the stigma about us, 
No more nightmares, no more fears, no more tears. Build trust in us. And that's my piece. Yes, my favorite. Come through with us. Yes, poet. Yes. Well, this has been a marvelous, beautiful night. Look, I, I yeah. have no, I cannot even think of a word right now. And I'm a poet, right? Because it's just been so <laughs> energy just fire 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 tonight and you guys are all more than welcome to come back again and share your poetry with us we've enjoyed you all we hope that you all have enjoyed us as well in the poetry world we ask you to like and subscribe and meet us next week same place same time on the west side good night everyone stay on poets all right.